Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. And what's up, everybody? Welcome in. It is GC Live. Wednesday, I think, Wednesday episode of the show. I'm Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. We are live, as you can see, from Still Hands Brewing, which is also, Chris, the home of the GC kickoff party at Still Hands Brewing. August 20th, 7 o'clock, but really come out well before then. Come hang out with me and Chris. Great show planned, and we wanted to give you all a little preview of the venue if you've never been to Still Hands. Hopefully you've been here before anyway. Awesome Indoor, outdoor space will, of course, be outside um, there with a new st- new stage being built. This is going to be still hands like you've never seen it before, is I believe the way they put it on uh, their Instagram. So I'm excited, man. Hopefully y'all will come out and excited to talk a little bit of ball with you here today as well. This is, of course, GC Live. We are presented by our good friend, Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network. He helps make the show possible. Give Clint a shout uh, let me find Clint's info. There it is. His NMLS number is 71597. Phone number 803-771-6933. Mobile number 803-422-6797. If you're in the market for a house, I got some good friends who actually just, uh, they're about to get married. They bought a house. They went through Clint. Seamless process, as you would expect. So um, we, we don't just talk about Clint because he he's our presenting sponsor. We put our name behind Clint. Clint, great dude, great Gamecock, and very happy to have him as our presenting sponsor here on GC Live. And we're very happy to be here at Still Hands Brewing. There's the uh, – what, what did you get, Chris? That is the Guava Hefe. Guava Hefe. got on display That's a new one? I, I, don't, I don't know if or it's a new didn't one. They name, didn't they just name this? Uh... I couldn't confirm. Come on, Chris. Couldn't just confirm. Just go didn't with me. Say yes. yes. Anyway, yes. what's up? Uh, hey, Hope. Uh, Hope, big Gamecock fan on Twitter. Joining us here in the chat already. Hope, come out to the party. I saw you were debating on Twitter about if you were going to come out or not. Make your way out here Friday. Promise you. Be a good time. We did find out, 107.5, our friends are going to be out here starting at 1 o'clock, I believe, on uh, on Friday as well. So they'll be broadcasting live from right out there, uh, which is the out, outside area. Um, it's 2 o'clock as we're recording this. It's warm outside, so that's why Chris and I are hanging out inside. But a uh, new stage is going up. It's going to be awesome. And then, Chris, we actually do have, I would say, some newsy-type stuff to talk about. 
practice. We were out at practice yesterday. We got to see a little bit. You know how it is, see 15, 20 minutes of practice. We were out there. Um, the latest is more, I would say, injury-related as far as South Carolina goes. Some good news, some some not as good news. But I, I would say, first of all, there were several guys out there, man, that we were able to put eyes on that we were not able to put eyes on before. And I would say maybe none bigger than, than Tyrese Ross. Tyrese Ross actually spoke to the media for the first time today. That that media availability probably still going on right now. Colin Taylor is at that press conference. So, Chris, finding out, uh, you know, we knew Tyrese Ross was not out there. We steer away from, like, some of the injuries and, and the other reasons in 2021 that people cannot be out there. But Tyrese Ross saying in his media availability today that was due to COVID protocols. So now he is he's full go. He's at practice. We got a glance at him yesterday. Working with the second team already, I, uh, I think certainly, you know, with Jamar Brown a little bit banged up as well, um, depth questions, you would say, at safety. Good news for South Carolina, I imagine uh, they're happy to get him back out there. Um, we saw, what, Jordan Strong a little bit banged up in blue, but actually practicing Jamar Brown, practicing Joey Hunter, practicing in blue. Um, Daryl Ware, the walk-on linebacker, not practicing yesterday. And uh, let's see, I, I got a good look at Amarion Brown. That's yep. the first time I've seen him fully padded in yesterday's practice. So most of it injury-related, but uh, – good to sort of move this camp along and, and start to maybe the depth chart starts to become clear at some positions. Yeah. And a couple other guys just to tack onto those. We yeah. Saw, add in, I'm sure I forgot some people <laughs> that there, there are several Trey Adkins, you know, this is a notable one, Wes, this is a guy that earned, you know, a scholarship in the off season, a receiver also drawing a look from Pete Limbo as a return man. So someone that they feel is pretty reliable, someone they can count on. Uh, he actually had a cast on one of his legs. So he's still out from right now. Rick Sandage, of course, was not at practice. Um, we also got a look at uh, Bam Scott. He was fully padded up. Remember when preseason camp started, Bam Scott, the junior college transfer, uh, was out at practice, and he had a jersey on, but he was not fully participating with the linebackers yesterday. He was. He was fully padded, ready to go. So they do have some guys back healthy. They've got others that are shelved. And so obviously the health of this football team is a significant storyline because this is a team that you know has questions in some areas, secondary, linebacker, receiver, they need to be as healthy as possible. And so some of those questions uh, do not have answers quite yet as to what type of shape they'll be in game one. Um, but they did get some guys back. I think Ross is, is a significant one, like you said, Wes, because this is a guy that I think the staff is counting on him, you know, to be able to come in and at least give them some depth back there in the secondary. They like his physicality, uh, his ability to hit guys. That was, you know, one of the things that Clayton White mentioned this offseason uh, heading into the preseason that they liked about Ross. And uh, he's played some ball before. So anytime you get a transfer that actually has contributed, been on the field, uh, not SEC experience, but still some yeah. good power five, some legitimate college football experience, that's good to add to that room. And, and certainly anytime you can get some new blood there to, to increase the competition, uh, that, that's a positive for a spot that uh, has been a question mark all year, I think, at least all offseason. So. I'll be curious. We won't get to, I guess we won't really get to see him until game one as far as just putting our eyes on him. But I think you have to say he at least is going to have a shot. Yep. Game one, whether it's starting, that that may be a little bit far fetched. I think the older guys that have been here probably have a leg up there, you would think. But if he goes out and there's plenty of time, two and a half weeks until kickoff, if he shows up and shows out, then maybe he does unseat somebody. And that would be, 
I think, a great sign for South Carolina. You see the chat going already. Shout out to everybody that's already joining us here on the show and in the chat. Topic of conversation already is what is probably one of the more interesting storylines we've maybe ever followed with with South Carolina football. Uh, Zeb Nolan, the quarterback who actually was a graduate assistant for South Carolina up until the beginning of this week. Now, officially, you know, we saw him out there at practice. He's wearing 25 yesterday, and it was sort of going around the little media circle. Who is that wearing 25? Who is that guy? Uh, Steve Fink, the SID at South Carolina, does a great job. It's like, well, that's Deb Nolan. That's, he was a graduate assistant. Now he's suited up. I thought initially, Chris, oh, this is a cool, this is a cool footnote. Mm-hmm. And then Shane Beamer comes in. It was about to be defensive players are about to talk. Beamer goes into more detail, explains what's going on, and says, look, Zeb Nolan is uh, officially on the roster. This is not just he's taking some (laughs) reps in practice because they need practice guys. They they need a scout team guy or something like that. Um, He's going to have an opportunity. Beamer said it like this. If he he can play, if he does enough to show he deserves to play, he will play. whether that's realistic that he's going to see the field this year is another conversation and a conversation I've already noticed people have been giving both sides on, you know, on social media, on the radio, all that stuff. But it then became sort of, I saw football scoop picked it up. I'm sure other national publications have picked this up because it's a very unique story. A kid that played at Iowa state played at North Dakota state thought he had hung up the pads for good. Most of the time in football, when you hang up the pads for the last time, pretty much it yeah and now he's getting an opportunity out there to go uh at least practice again and practice for an sec team he's a big dude pretty big arm man uh what what was your just take <laughs> on it, it all happened so fast yesterday well yeah we didn't expect it and and it started circulating like you said that the first i had heard of it because i actually had not put eyes on the quarterback at that point i, I was over there watching some other things during practice and hearing that name, of course, my first inclination was, was hey, we recognize that guy, right? Like we, we had the backstory there. For those that haven't heard it, Wes and I cover every prospect camp at South Carolina as far as watching recruits work out during the summer. And Zeb Nolan was a guy that we saw throwing to either the receivers or the DBs or both during some of the drills because all the assistants, the GAs, and the on-field coaches, you know, they all work camp. And we saw this guy just slinging it. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the players were having difficulty catching his ball because he could really sling it. We said, "Who is that high school guy? players? High school players? High school players that route those prospects? Not the current team. Yes, very good note. Um, get that, get that <laughs> we don't want to cause problems. Yeah. So we noticed that and we found out who he was. And I specifically remember you saying, Wes, like that guy had to have played somewhere. He played some position and he probably you played quarterback. Just, uh, he was a big kid." with a big arm, right? Like he could throw the ball. It was pretty evident. And it, it, he's a younger guy. So like he played recently. So we kind of found out that it was him. So of course had no clue. Nobody had a clue. I'm including he, Zeb he, Nolan. Had, yeah, he had no he had clue, clue that the they were going to get through, you know, the month of June and then we get into August and he would be on the team. Like you said, he, he, he had hung it up, but Shane Beamer mentioned this and we've heard it kind of independently of that too. This is something that they had discussed doing uh, in the, you know, before preseason camp, you know, like very early they had discussed doing that 
reason being, and there's more urgency now to do it with Luke Doty being shelved for a little bit, um, mainly for numbers in practice, right? I mean, you, you think about it, you don't want three quarterbacks throwing every pass in practice. Mm-hmm. Shane Beamer even joked about having one of the guy's arms fall off. But even, even then, you know, if you have Luke Doty healthy, even then you're still Doty, Connor Jordan as a walk-on, true freshman Colton Gothier, and Jason Brown, right, who also has not played SEC ball yet. So you're still finished at that quarterback position, even with the healthy Luke. So move makes sense. You got a guy that has some college experience there. He has a year of eligibility. Stick him out there, see what happens. I'm with you. Realistic for him to play a bunch this year? Probably not, unless, you know, there's injuries and things like that. But better than not having anybody that you can pull from from your coaching staff or your roster, you know, to, to go out there and play if you need. Yeah. Erlen asked, is he a dual threat or a pocket passer? Uh, no offense to Zeb whatsoever, <laughs> but yeah. I think he is firmly in the pocket passer category. Firmly. Is, firmly. That, is that fair to say? Firmly in the category. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're going to pull somebody, the guys on 107.5 asked me yesterday if I'd ever, I think it was the question is maybe have I ever heard of this example? I cannot come up with one. Um, they asked me if there are any other guys, I think kind of half joking. I don't think they're going to pull anybody else in the right. I don't think anybody has eligibility. And honestly, Wes, even with some NFL guys on the roster, I'm not sure if they want to pull anybody else out. Better to have Zeb Nolan than Eric Henry out there throwing passes. I think Eric's done with his eligibility. I think you're He's just also, looking for as many opportunities yeah. to take a shot at yeah. Eric Henry's arm as possible. I am. I think you've told that joke three, <laughs> three good times now. I but, really tried to shoehorn uh, that on the air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But true, I mean, I don't yeah. think Zeb's arm is going to fall off. Kimry's, if no. he went out there and threw 30 passes in a practice, decent chance he's, <laughs> he's not able to throw the next day, you know? So, <laughs> right. Um, all right. So, again, we're at still hands. I, before we get back into some things, I want to talk quarterback position moving forward. Um, we got to talk about the party a little bit because yeah. I dare say, knock on some wood, I dare say that our special guest list – of people is finalized is very close to being like we we think we know who's going to be here and it's an awesome list um and i think we've been able to pull from different eras different uh different sports different uh different uh people can see just thoughts from all different sides of carolina football is what i'm trying to say starting with Brad Lawing, who, uh, speaking of Eric Kimry, if y'all have heard Brad Lawing do Kimry's podcast last year or the year before, probably both, excellent storyteller. Oh, and awesome. we wanted to get somebody who could go back a little bit to the the glory, the Spurrier days, like the glory days of South Carolina football, tell some stories. And uh, Brad Lawing's still living in this area. Uh, he was awesome. He was all about it. So he's going to come out, he's going to tell some stories. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that part. Yeah, uh, that's going to be fantastic. Lots yes. of laughs and lots of info. Yes, he has promised to me that he's going to try to keep his language uh, <laughs> PG. He's like, some sometimes I, you know, I've been a coach for 40 years. So um, hopefully <laughs> yeah. we'll be good there. But uh, current women's soccer coach, Shelly Smith. Then we locked this one in this morning. Current men's basketball coach, Frank Martin, is going to be out. Very pumped for Coach Martin. He's excited about his team. I know some some people are down on on the men's basketball program. Coach Martin very excited about this team and is excited to tell y'all a little bit about the guy, the newcomers on this team, mm-hmm. the guys that have come in, what he's seen out of them. Uh, that's going to be cool. 
very happy that he's going to be out here. And, and, you know, our former player panel, man, it's been uh, growing by the day. Uh, of course, we've got Preston Thorne, we've got Langston Moore. They're, um, they're going to be out here. They're going to be signing their books. They're going to be hanging out. Uh, Preston's going to be running our player panel. But right now, uh, T.J. Johnson, uh, by the way, was has more starts than A.J. can. Is that yes, right? let me issue my official retraction. I mistakenly said that I thought A.J. had passed him. He did not. I understand you got a text Johnson. about that. I got a text about it. Um, yeah, so yeah. So T.J. owns the all-time start. I think record. he still owns the record. Not aware of anybody that's broken it. And, Wes, undefeated against Clemson. Okay, there you go. Good uh, Brian Maddox will be here. Uh, Big-time Gamecock running back. Tim Pops Frisbee. Obviously, everybody knows his story. Uh, former NFL uh, with the New York Giants defensive uh, standout, Corey Miller, um, Courtney Levitt, Mo Brown, Mike Matulis, Brian Scott, who had the catch in Athens, Jeff Grants, who, by the way, the more I've learned about Jeff Grants, um, this was before my time of following South Carolina athletics. But, dude, this dude, this dude was like Connor Shaw before Connor Shaw. He, like, he was a 1974, oh, yeah. 75, I think, was, was his biggest years. Started at shortstop. On the baseball team, I think that baseball team went to the College World Series, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, beat Clemson 56 to 20, and I believe is the most points South Carolina has ever put on Clemson in a game. And then Ryan Brewer, who uh, everybody loves Ryan Brewer, so that'll be fun. That'll be awesome. A couple of other guys, I'm not going to say them because they're still in the maybe category, but a couple other guys may trickle in uh, that. And some of them, guys, I, I think y'all want to hear from. So I, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, venue's going to be awesome. Drinks are going to be awesome. Food's going to be awesome. Entertainment. And then, of course, as everybody knows by now, Patrick Davis. That'll be – he'll be on stage around 8.30. Patrick Davis and the Midnight Choir. Make sure to put that part in. And Patrick is excited, man. He's excited to get back home. State of South Carolina is home for him. He's been a Gamecock through and through. Um, I know we've talked to him several times as we've been planning this. He's on 107.5, maybe right now, at some point today. If if you are if you like to party, if you like to hang out, there will be something for you on Friday. Oh yeah, it, it, it may not all be for you. Maybe some of this stuff will appeal more to others than you know than other parts of it. But there will be something for you here on Friday. And if nothing else, just come hang out and talk some ball and get ready for this football season. Yeah, come out, meet Wes. Meet me if you want to meet us. Uh, we'd love to talk with you. We'll be hanging out around the VIP area. We'll be hanging out in the public area. It's a free event. That's the thing. Free event that Steel Hands is uh, partnering with us to put on. So it's going to be fantastic. Um, we're expecting a really good crowd out here. Great guest speakers. So VIP tickets still available as of right now. But it is but dwindling. Dwindling. As as dwindling very quickly. So get them if you want them. There's great benefits to that. Uh, but it is a free event, so concert from Patrick Davis. I'm really excited to hear Patrick. Um, he has promised. I talked to him the other night. Great singer-songwriter. Also has promised a very hefty helping of what he calls his Gamecock propaganda material, is what he calls it. So he's going to play plenty of the songs that you have uh, – that a lot of Gamecock fans know, but there will be some other good stuff too. And, it, dude, his band is really talented. So I'm, I'm really excited about that part as well as our guest speakers. So it's going to be a great night. And you never know who might show up. Never know. So, just see. Yeah. Never know who might show up. I'm excited. All right, let's talk some ball again. Let's go back to quarterbacks, man. Everybody wants to talk quarterbacks. I think, um, you know, when this Doty news first hit, first came out, um, you know, and I, I admit, I cautioned everybody, don't just assume 
that Jason Brown is automatically going to be the starter. Like this is going to be an actual potential quarterback battle. We, you know, it heard they were rotating guys at, at the number two spot when Doty was taking reps number one before he got hurt. Well, I do think in the time since then, to me, it seemed more, it has seemed more and more clear that if Doty is not able to go week one, I kind of feel like they're preparing Jason Brown, uh, doing everything they can to get him ready to, to make the start. Not that it's official, not that yeah. they've told the team yet, nothing like that. But based on what you hear, what Beamer has said, what we saw in the open practices as well, um, it just feels like that's the direction it is headed for, for game one. And then if that is the case, Chris, um, if you disagree, tell me. But if, if that is the case, I think – the next step for this next two and a half weeks is just to put in an offensive game plan that sort of uh, accentuates his positives. Yeah. No, I am with you. And, and it's been really interesting to follow kind of that backup quarterback. I don't, of course, right now, the backup can end up being the guy, at least for some period of time, game one, however, however long that ends up being, if that's the case, Wes. But Jason Brown exited spring, and, and a lot of people didn't buy this, but we, we said it, we'll continue to say it. Exiting spring was the number three guy, right? You get got to give him a lot of credit because now he had, by all accounts, including what Shane Beamer said publicly, a really good summer in that he trimmed up. He's continued learning the playbook. He's continued adjusting not only to just SEC and the speed of the game, uh, but the style of offense going from a, a – a big-time spread offense to this more pro-style, very versatile, deeper playbook type of stuff that Marcus Satterfield is doing. So he's done that. So he's combined that with what we all knew, that he's got arm talent, right? And, and I'm not basing that off of a few throws in the spring game. That, that was all anybody saw last year. It was unfair to judge anybody based off the spring game, right? You take the totality. But he, he's built off that. He's had a good summer. He's had a better preseason. Is there still ways to go? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, but he's made some strides in progress and he's got arm talent. He's got some ability in and out of the pocket. That's interesting. And so I'm with you, not, not over, not nothing done or anything of that nature, but I do think that what you see is kind of what it is and what we, we didn't see much in spring, but from what we found out, Gauthier was getting more of the second team reps. Now it seems that Brown has kind of ascended and, and taken that role. And I think to an extent, Chris, other, now, you know, before Zeb was on the roster, if you look down, who, who's who's played in an SEC game for, yeah. for South Carolina? Uh, or who's played in a Power 5 game? Zeb hasn't played <laughs> an SEC game either, but yeah. Zeb Nolan has played in a Power 5 game. Yeah. Uh, he's played against a top five team in, in Oklahoma. Uh, but that's not my point. Uh, once Doty went down, you're talking about, uh, you know, no offense to Connor Jordan, he's a walk-on. Colton Gothier is a true freshman mm -hmm. who uh, did go through spring practice. That helps. But um, played. we've talked about it. He played in, what, three or four different offensive schemes throughout high school. This is game one of the Shane Beamer era. All I, you know, night game, probably a capacity crowd or close to it. There's, there's going to be some pressure on uh, – there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on your quarterback. Uh, to me – even though it was at an FCS program, just Jason Brown having the experience of going out there at the college level and performing. I think if, if everything, even if everything was fairly equal, 
you probably just lean all in on on getting him ready. And this this is a guy who can make some plays for you. So uh, there are some different things you can do to simplify and, and keep him comfortable because going into a game like this, South Carolina can run the ball 90 times and throw it zero times and and win the game. You know, the, the only thing that's going to get South Carolina beat week one is to go out there and just turn the ball over, you know, seven times or something. Yeah. So the important thing for the quarterback in week one is going to be to be comfortable to get South Carolina in and out of plays, get them in and out of the huddle. Don't put the ball in danger. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think you ha- you do have two and a half weeks to, to do that and, and to get him ready. And I, I'd imagine that that's going to be the focus moving forward. They've talked – ever since Mark Satterfield got here, he talked about taking a – what is really, frankly, a pretty big playbook. And then you continue to chop that thing down so to where it's smaller and smaller and smaller, to where you get down to – this is what we're doing on game day. Yep. And, you know, I, I know the coaches have said the offense is not going to change. That That's probably true. The offense itself is not going to change. But the play calling and what you do on game days, how you approach that particular game, I think does change with, with your quarterback. It has to because every quarterback has a little different skill set. So the one – not there's ever a positive to a guy getting hurt. I'm not saying that at all. The one positive to the timing of it, is you do have some time to, to get Jason Brown ready. Yeah, you do. Pre- preseason, get him ready. You're not throwing him in. I mean, he's going to be thrown into the fire in game one to some extent if he ends up being the guy. Um, you know, first, not an SEC game, but first game for an SEC team, biggest environment he's played in, things of that new offense, all, all those different factors. But it's not, okay, you've been getting second team reps all year. Somebody went down. Here we go. You know, get, get on in there. You do, like you said, have some time to get him ready. So, not not an ideal situation, but a situation that if you're going to be able to make the best of it, these circumstances can allow for that. So, player media availability yesterday. Um, I, I'm not the guy that reads into stuff because I think uh, most of the time people try to read into anything these days. Um, we, and no, no offense, Nick, in the chat, I'm not making fun of you by saying this, but um, – the question, say if one of the quarterbacks plays really well, however long Doty is out, would you still play them or would you go back to Doty? And it's like, that's a hypothetical that I feel like with quarterback position, everybody, everybody's almost always looking for a controversy at that position for some reason. Even even if there's not one there, like even, let's have a hypothetical uh, controversy at the quarterback position. And I've also noticed um, sometimes people – if you have depth at a position, that almost scares people because they're like, well, what about this guy not playing? What if he, what if, what if he gets mad and leaves? What if he, well, there are certain positions where you have depth on this team. That's a good thing. That's a good thing that guys have to fight it out for, uh, for their playing time on the field. I don't know where I was going with that, Chris, but as far as reading into things, yesterday at media availability, there – there is – I know people have talked about the vibe in the room, the vibe in the building, and fans are, are maybe even tired of hearing about that. They want to say, well, let's see it on the field. <laughs> sure. But there was a truly different vibe watching those guys walk in yesterday, and the players were smiling. The players were greeting the media. They're saying, what's up, guys? How is everybody doing? They were joking. Uh 
there actually is something to this thing y'all have heard everywhere about there. There's just a new feeling in the building. It It is actually noticeable being around many of these players that we've been around for some of them, two, three, four years now. They're comfortable within themselves, I feel like. They're comfortable with the position that they're in. And I don't know how much that affects wins or losses. You know, when, when you face some adversity, may, maybe that maybe that is something you can fall back on. But I, I think a lot of that stems from this constant push. Even this team has faced adversity really for the first time with the Prony news and then, mm-hmm. of course, the Doty news. Mm-hmm. You see a constant push forward from Shane Beamer, a constant positive push from Shane Beamer. Um, that is by design. And, again, I don't know how much that affects on-field, off-field, all that stuff. But I thought it was worth noting that it actually is obvious yeah. when you're around the guys. And I think it was really not- – I've not been at all the media availabilities, but it was most notable to me. One of the ones that I was at was the day that the wide receivers were there, and it was the guys that have had a lot of adversity, some of them, a Josh Van, Jalen Brooks, Chad Terrell. Terrell's more quiet kid anyway, right, but – Jalen Brooks and Van, I mean, they were just kind of different than what we saw, than what we've seen from them. They were very honest about things, but they were also very engaging. And I think, look, you're right. There's going to be adversity hit this team collectively and some of these guys individually. And so it'll be about how they respond. But building that base up of positivity before you face that adversity is something that's good. There, there in some ways needed to be a change of, you know, attitude or vibe or environment, whatever you want to call it. It, it. it was needed for some of these guys. And what that translates into, we'll see. But we do know that culture and programs can be is very important. And so I, there, there are two people that I think you credit that to the most. And it's Shane Beamer with how he's tried to structure his program, what he's wanted it to be. I think he's, he's walked the walk of what he wanted this program to be, even with something we saw like this morning, pushing practice back. Everybody take the kids to school. You know, school started today. I took, I took mine to school this morning. That's not something you see everywhere. It's important to Beamer. He wants to reflect that. So you see stuff like that. And then Luke Day. I mean, Luke Day, very positive person, recognizes, you know, struggle well. You hear all about that. But a very positive person and really relies on, you know, psychology, emotions, instead of just pick up this weight and lift it, you know, as much as possible. So I think that permeates throughout the the team and the building, and and that can help your program. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it is it is part of the long term plan, I think, for Shane Beamer as far as the fabric of his program. It's really if if Beamer is able to build a program the way he wants to, that's not something that is going to be just apparent today or just yeah. apparent on any one given team. You hope that it's apparent throughout the entire makeup of your program long-term, I think. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to build, but I think uh, he he does have the right emphasis on that. And, you know, the more I thought about it, Chris, the, the whole the little doom and gloom thing, uh, I don't know if you call it a rant. It wasn't really a rant, but the doom and gloom clip, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kept saying to myself, who was that for? And, yes, it was for the fan base because um, – uh, you know, and it's a fan base that is very, very passionate. And you will take you will take that every day over people not caring. Because if your fans don't care, you're not going to have a job for long. 
that's for, for anybody. Like if you don't, if your fans aren't passionate, if they don't care, if they've lost hope, then they're not putting their money behind the program. So it's a good thing. So yes, yeah, some of it was towards the fans. Chris, the more I think about it, the more I think some of that was because he knew that his team would see that clip played everywhere as well. And I, I think he is trying to continue to build up this team. We talked about it all off season. He wants to build up the guys' confidence, build up um, how they feel about themselves. And, and, yeah, it seemed to be directed at the fans, but I, I really think part of that was I want for my guys to see that I do still have their back and that we're not going to let something pot, something negative um, become more than what it is and, and bring down everything else. Yeah, and I think it's pretty apparent that Shane Beamer kind of reads – when I say reads the room, I just mean kind of in a broad sense. You know, he kind of understands – we know he understands his fan base. He's been here. Like, he's been here during some times that were kind of tough. I, I mentioned the other day, you know, two, 2007, his first year, started great. I think they started 6-1, and one, and then they lost to Vandy, and then things went totally downhill. I remember talking to Cliff Matthews about that. He was a freshman that year. He said, yeah, we – whatever it was, we ran out of it. You know, they, they just went down. And then you, you fast forward, you get to, you know, some really quality recruiting classes – 2007, some good ones in 08, 9, 10. You get to the SEC title game for the only time in school history. So he's seen that. He's always kept his finger on the pulse of the program, so he understands this place. There's something to be said for that, right? Um, but I think when you see what he does on social media, how he uh, reacts to things, how he gets out in front of them from a kind of a public relations standpoint, there are a lot of positives there, but he does it in a way that's not disingenuous, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because he wants to connect with the different aspects of the program. And it's, it's just smart. It's very smart, but, you know, it, it's also not um, fake. Yeah. You know, like, and so I think when you can meet those in the middle, that's when you've got someone who understands. That. And, and he has some passion and frankly a little bit of edge about it even at times which is not a bad thing you're gonna um address matt owens there matt owens says we're wasting a good beer well one thing i mean we're not wasting it we do want it to be on display do you, um, you want to so give us yeah. a review mm. i mean it's outstanding actually is, is this new beer or y'all newly named it i saw something on Okay, awesome. Yeah, this is the Guava Lava, brand new beer at Still Hands. Ashley does a great job here on all the marketing. I saw I saw the the contest going on Instagram where it was being named. So that was really cool. So it's the Guava Lava Heffy. Fantastic. Yes, and we've uh I tried the other new one, the uh because they had a million pounds of peaches in here <laughs> last time we were in here. Actual peaches, not like peach uh, extract or any of that stuff. It was actual an entire truck of peaches were in here and uh, help me out. Actually, that's the peach lemonade, peach lemonade, ale. peach lemonade. Ale. That thing was refreshing on point. Perfect. Yeah. So you can, uh, you're going to have access to beers, to some great food and uh, much more here at still hands brewing. When you come out to our kickoff party on Friday, this, this entire show has been an advertisement for what is going to be a great event on Friday. Final thoughts here today, Chris, we got what? A scrimmage on Saturday. Mm-hmm. There were two weeks away. Yeah. Then it's uh, you, you almost you're you're closing in on game week. 
at that point? What what storylines are you paying most attention to here moving forward? Cool. There there are no shortage of them. I, I think one thing is you kind of look at the the health of the team, right? I mean that that's one, and it starts at the quarterback position. I think it's very fair to expect. We don't know for sure. Very fair to expect someone that other than Luke Doty could be starting week one, right? We we've discussed that. We know that. So that's one thing, and people will continue to be looking at that and tracking that. I think aside from just staying healthy overall, it's just going to be about this team trying to develop some depth. There are certain positions, and you got to use preseason to do that just to get better. Uh, you look at, for example, wide receiver and DB, not the strongest positions on this team right now. You look at, you know, compared to D-line, O-line, some pretty salty guys in, in that group, collectively, individually, some future NFL guys in those groups. Receiver, DB, questions, linebacker questions, secondary. You know, you got to develop some depth at those spots. And so staying healthy is part of it, but also just having some of these guys, like you mentioned earlier, Tyrese Ross, even Brad Johnson, who part of the 2017 class, he's playing Will linebacker for the first time in his career. So just continuing to get reps and getting more comfortable within these schemes, I think is huge for the players. Brad speaking today, by the way, I saw also we'll have more from him on GamecockCentral.com. A couple of quick little notes. I want to, I guess, throw some love at some guys, man. Zaquandre White, yep. from what I've heard, great preseason so far. Uh, probably would be the starter. I, I think if South Carolina kicked off today, uh, good for him, man. We talked about his attitude last year and how he did everything at, at a million miles an hour at 100%. He's a tone setter, I would say. Helped the team last year on offense, defense, special teams, did whatever was asked. Um, so good for him, man, to sort of find his spot. Marshawn Lloyd still, you know, returning from that injury. Kevin Harris, of course, still out right now. So Zaquandre taking full advantage of that. Juju McDowell continues to be the name that pops out of every player's mouth when they ask who, which of your teammates have impressed you. So the, the running back room, man, I, I look at that and I look at the edge slash like defensive end spot. Those are two spots that coming in, we probably put very high expectations on those. Sure. Well, yeah. the the feedback we've heard from those rooms has been equal, if not maybe maybe it's exceeded what the expectations were there. So those are those are spots if you're a fan out there, the defensive end spot, I mean, Enigbare, Aaron Sterling, Jordan Strong, Jordan Birch, those four guys, man, you were in great shape there. Um, then running back, that, that room with, with Juju, maybe even a little more, maybe it's a little deeper than we even thought it was coming into this uh, preseason camp. He's He is a really interesting player. Like, we, we watched him on film in high school, talked to people about him. We knew that South Carolina staff then liked him, new staff liked him. Then we saw him in person, and it was, for me, it was a little bit of a different experience seeing him in person. He was actually a little shorter than I thought, not saying that's, you know, in a bad way. Built, we knew, very strong in the lower body. And then you watch him run, and you, you get a sense for the explosiveness on tape, but watching him in person is a little different. Mm-hmm. I mean, just watched him catch a little pass yesterday. They were running a drill with the receivers, tight ends, and backs, and throwing kind of a, a ball that faded towards the sideline. And he's just got a different gear, you know. And so taking a hard look at him as a returner because of his productivity – a guy that you can use in some different ways on offense. And, and Wes, the thing is for a guy, for an offense rather, that is searching for people to, hey, let's find a way to get the ball in somebody's hands and let them go. 
could there be a role for him this year? I think that's an interesting kind of little subplot storyline. I think there has to be. Yeah, should yeah. be. I don't. I don't even. If you have to create a new position in the offense <laughs> and just put him out there and, and get him the ball on speed sweeps and do some two back stuff and, and get him the ball on the edge, do it right. Like I. I don't think I, I know the the popular thing. Anytime you have a smaller guy like that, it's like we'll put him in the slot. Well. The slot position, especially in this offense, it's a it's a real receiver position. You can't just take your receiver and or take your running back and just move him to the slot and expect him just to pick it up. But can you do some maybe creative things? Can you put in packages for him? Absolutely. Can you put him in the backfield with the carry-on joiner in that package and do some different things to maybe get some play, extra playmaking ability on your on the field for you? Absolutely. And if, if you if South Carolina was in a position right now where maybe the entire offense was just set and you had a bunch of playmakers at receiver that were proven and it showed they can do it, it's probably different. But knowing you need guys to go out there and, and make plays for you, uh, you know, there's something to be said for just finding a way to get that kid on the field. The unfortunate thing for him is that kickoff returners, I, I think he's got a, a decent shot to be in the mix there. Kickoff returners – they don't really get to touch the ball like they used to because so many kickoffs go through through the end zone, so many touchbacks. So, to me, you've got to find another way to, to get him on the field, get the football in his hands, and then get him in space. Yeah, and we'll have to see. We don't know an answer to this that I know of. Correct me if I'm wrong, if it's been addressed, but will South Carolina fair catch any case? You remember Debo Samuel back in the day, I ain't fair catching no kick. You know, yeah. <laughs> now we, we have seen that in the past, though. Probably depends. I'm sure there's some rules in it within the program, but uh, you know, Jacarion Joiner's been in the mix for that job. You know, but Juju McDowell is a guy that if you kind of go down the roster and say who can hurt an opposing team, and McDowell hasn't done that at the college level, but just based on his skill set, he's one of those guys that has potential to do that. So find a role. Jaheen Bell, same thing. Watching some goal line the other day in practice, Jaheen Bell was lined up as kind of an H back, right? Then we've seen him split out or in the slot. He's the type of guy that has a skill set where he can make you pay with some different things. So it's going to be critical for them to find some guys that can uh, can do some different things this year. You know, I, I think uh, with Juju, with uh, with really any of the young players, I'm sure they were told coming in, you're, you're going to have an opportunity to, to go play. So to me, if you're looking for those opportunities, yes, like to carry on Joyner, it, it seemed like coming into camp that probably, you know, I think you said – Pete Limbo gave you the impression maybe Joyner had the edge up at kickoff return. Yeah. Now that Doty's out, now that there's a, maybe more of a need for Joyner to be in that that quarterback package at times, plus he's obviously going to be a starting wide receiver. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm saying that's an opportunity to get my freshman out there and not add one more thing on Joyner's plate. So I I'm completely speculating, but I got a feeling. You start to – as long as he holds on to the football. You know, special teams guys are always first thing first. Yeah. Got to hold on to the ball. But just the gut feeling, as much as everybody over there is talking about this kid, that's a very simple way to put the football in his hands. So, no doubt about it. And, you know, interesting, I mean, you mentioned Limbo. I, at the media day, had kind of a good talk with him and got him to explain some of the differences and kind of – punt return versus kick return technique. And, and I kind of walked away, not that he said this, but I think it's a little bit easier 
to put a guy out there as a kick returner. Just, you know, different technique. You catch the ball differently. Some guys can do both, he said. Some guys yeah. are better at one or the other. I think you're, you're more apt to trust a younger guy as a kick returner. No doubt. You know, in that scenario. No doubt. Well, kickoff returner, you're catching the ball. It's going end over end. Yep. And everybody is still many yards away from you. Yeah. Punt return, it's doing all this weird, funky spinning. <laughs> yep. There's guys about to knock your head off. And yep. you're having to look up at the ball while also sense the guys running down there. There's a reason why Ryan Brewer, who's going to be here on Friday, was South Carolina's punt returner for, I believe, most of his career. It's because he could be counted on to catch the football, to protect the football, and then get forward with the football. Um, punt return, to me, that one definitely has to be who can catch the ball first and foremost. Yeah. And not let it bounce. You don't lose yardage, all, all that stuff, but then hold on to the football. If they can make plays, that's another – that's an added advantage, but the first part has to be catch the football. Kickoff return, a little bit simpler, a little bit easier. You can put about any wide receiver out there, and they're going to be okay catching the football in a kickoff return situation, in my opinion. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Again, we've been live from Steel Hands Brewing, which is also the venue for our big kickoff party, the Gamecock Central kickoff party at Steel Hands Brewing, August 20th. Official on-stage part starts at 7 o'clock, but we're going to be out here well before that, hanging out. Chris will be here. I'll be here. 107.5 game, 107.5 the game crew will be here. And I, I'm going to try this. I don't, I don't know if this is going to work, Chris. Uh, I'd like to give everybody a view of the stage. I don't know if you're going to be able to tell. Uh, but that is the outside area. And we're getting a – there's going to be a brand new stage put in there, actually. So um, that's a little bit of a preview of what you can expect this Friday. Still hands brewing. It's right around the corner now, man. I'm excited. Hope to see all of you there. And uh, Chris and I will be back on here at some point. Um, I imagine. I don't know what our schedule is going to be for Friday. We're going to be back on here at some point. And, of course, all your news, all your Gamecocks notes you need, check it out, GamecockCentral.com. Until, until then, I'm Wes. He's Chris. We'll see you soon. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.